0: Hello, listeners, and welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian, and you're listening to episode 314 of Sustainable Minimalists. On today's show, we are doing some big things. First, we are confronting grind culture, and then, secondly, we are taking back our power as human beings. Oh, my goodness, buckle up. It's gonna be an amazing ride. What on earth is grind culture? Well, work was once viewed Work has historically been viewed as a means to an end. You go to work to get the money to pay your bills and maybe have a little leftover to have some fun once in a while. Housework has historically been viewed as something you do to maintain the home so that you can relax and live comfortably within your four walls. But these days, a shift is happening in the way our culture views work. Work is no longer a means to an end. It is the end in itself because no amount of money or success or folded laundry piles is ever enough. Millennials have really hopped on the grind culture bandwagon in the workplace. But it's important for me to say at the outset that hustle culture is not just about the nine to five. It's also about carting your children to all the activities. It's in saying yes to this, that, and the other thing to please our friends and our family and our loved ones. It's in volunteering for all the things, in saying yes to all the invitations. It's when you grow so accustomed to being on autopilot that you're not attuned to your surroundings or yourself. So what does this look like in real life? Well, I can only speak for myself, but for me, autopilot feels like this. My body is working. It's always doing something. It's always being productive. So either I'm typing or I'm folding laundry or I'm cooking dinner, recording a podcast. And so at the same time, so my body's doing something and at the same time, my mind is running a mile a minute. So my body is mindlessly doing tasks, And my mind is on that hamster wheel of thoughts. That's autopilot for me. Societal messaging hails grind culture as really darn great. Rise and grind, maybe you've heard it. It is both the theme of a current Nike ad campaign And it's the title of a book by a famous Shark Tank judge. There is an undercurrent to societal messaging and it argues, it argues it quietly, I would say, but it argues it none the same, that if you work hard enough, you'll make it, whatever it is to you. The top echelon of success is reserved for people who believe and understand and prescribe to the belief that hard work will eventually pay off. Now, Aiden Harper, he is the brain behind the four-day workweek campaign. Aiden argues that when we think of work not as a means to an end, but as the end in itself, he argues that that thinking is dehumanizing because it assumes that the only value humans have is to be productive. Isn't there more though to being a human being than simply being productive? I wanted to do this episode today because historically I have had a rise and grind problem. I've alluded to it on the past in the show, but I believe, or I used to believe, I once believed, I should say, that rest was appropriate only after all the work was done. So there's no lounging on the couch during the day, no opening a book, goodness gracious, no, no power naps, no napping at all. By the way, what is a power nap? We'll get to that later. But the problem was my work never ended. My work was never done, which means I never rested, which means I became a bitter shell of a human being. Over the past year, I really have reexamined my beliefs on work and rest. And so on today's episode, we are discussing why so many of us, myself included, <laughs> hop on the grind culture bandwagon. We're talking also about who really benefits, or I should say what really benefits, when we work, work, work with no play. And in the final part of today's conversation, I'm offering up six action steps for you to include more rest and rejuvenation in your days. And by the way, these tips are not just pie in the sky from Stephanie. They're rooted in science. So let's get into the why. Why do many of us subscribe To grind culture. And right off the bat, I should say if you're listening right now and you're thinking, I don't subscribe to grind culture, I am so happy taking rests. I rejuvenate daily. I say that is amazing. However, I believe that each and every one of us, whether we are go, 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 grind culture spokespeople or somebody who does rest once in a while, wherever we are on that spectrum, we can all take a step back. We can all rest a little more. So think about where you are on the spectrum and realize that no matter where you are, you can still rest a little bit more. So why do we tend to subscribe to grind culture? Well, call me Captain Obvious, (laughs) but actively living a countercultural life, so doing what is opposite from what everybody else is doing is really darn hard. Going against the grain is not easy, but As you all know, it does get easier the more you practice. And I know I'm preaching to the choir here too, by the way. You all go against the grain as eco-conscious minimalists every single day. You're going against the grain twice every single day. You're eco-conscious and you're a minimalist. Holy moly, you're rocking it. Keep doing what you're doing. The world needs more people like you. But my point here is to say that it's easier to just do what everybody else is doing. And if you're not giving yourself downtime to think about whether the status quo is working for you, you don't have the mental space to ruminate as to whether the status quo is aligned with your values. We're going to get there in a minute. Psychology also has something to say about why people as a whole, the masses, subscribe to grind culture. And psychology says that our egos come into play. If you're nonstop hustling, that likely makes you feel important. It likely makes you feel as though a lot of people need your expertise. (laughs) You have a lot on your plate, so you stand out from the masses. You are superhuman. You can do it all. Hence the reason why hustle culture, grind culture, pads our egos. Now, as you might have guessed, (laughs) maybe from personal experience, living without rest comes with a host of health concerns. Some include a slow weakening, a slow destroying, perhaps, of your mental health, your physical health. Subscribing to Grind Culture very likely can harm your closest interpersonal relationships. Science even finds that you may die earlier than your cohorts if you work, work, work with very little to no play, or rest. And of course, while we tend to believe that work, work, work is really darn productive, social scientists say otherwise, overworking without time to rest reduces productivity and increases your chance of illness. Of course, if that's true, the opposite is also true. Studies show that unplugging from the rat race is what will boost your productivity, will boost your creativity, and improve your problem solving skills. Now, I'm gonna spend a minute here talking about who benefits from grind culture, because this was the moment for me personally when everything changed. A lot of people and things benefit when you and I subscribe to grind culture, but you and I are not benefiting. The first people who benefit are the people at the top. Myths about overwork persist because they justify the extreme wealth created for the small group of people at the very, very top. We work hard and we, unknowingly perhaps, or unintentionally perhaps, are perpetuating the myth that if we work hard, We will eventually get successful. So the myth benefits, right? But also those people at the top benefit. The people at the top have an army of ready and willing worker bees. That would be you and me. And we are increasing the bottom line. So who gets the biggest bonus when you hit your work targets? Your boss likely does, Subscribers to grind culture are cogs in the capitalist wheel and we are the ones who are keeping the capitalist wheel going. We work hard. We make more money. We have more money in our pockets so we have more money to spend and we spend it on stuff. Don't forget that the average American has over 300,000 possessions. Grind culture is capitalism's fuel. Mic drop. Grind culture is capitalism's fuel. So here's what it looks like in many houses, my house included, right? We work ourselves to the brink of exhaustion. And then When we're exhausted, we plop ourselves down on the couch where we are then hit with commercials on TV or targeted advertisements on social media or in some other way, we find ourselves hit with an average of 5,000 guys and girls' advertisements per day. We have a slight nagging inside. It's a nagging of discontent but we haven't stopped working long enough to investigate what the nagging is, what it's saying. These ads, these 5,000 ads a day, promise to provide the solutions to all our woes, and specifically, they promise to quiet that nagging voice inside us telling us that something's not right. But again, because we haven't allowed ourselves the rest time to investigate, we think the solution lies and stuff. Now, this is not my idea. This is Trisha Hershey from the Nat Ministries. And I'm going to say it in a minute, but I should say I am so behind the times. I only recently found Trisha Hershey of the Nat Ministry via Glennon Doyle's podcast. The podcast being We Can Do Hard Things. I just started listening to Glennon Doyle. Where have I been? Just found Trisha Hershey. But Trisha Hershey argues that if we stay busy all the time, We never give ourselves the time to stop and to ask ourselves whether working, working, working is how we want to spend our lives. We never give our minds the chance to wander. We never give our minds the chance to wonder whether grind culture is a big fat hoax. So let me say that in my way. That's Trisha Hershey's way. Let me say it in my way. Living on autopilot and subscribing, whether explicitly or implicitly to grind culture, keeps the masses, so you and me, it keeps you and me from stopping, from taking a second and saying, what the heck, this is bullshit. If we're constantly busy and we're constantly exhausted, we're not going to revolt. We're not going to upend the system that's not working for us. We're going to stay complicit. The problem here is that we are not worker bees. We are not machines. We are humans. So after our first break, we're going to get into science-backed action steps for you and me. Mother's Day is around the corner and I have the best gift idea for you. Hold on to your hats. It's mylifeinabook.com. Every week, My Life in a Book will send your mom a question via email. They will compile all of your mom or the mom in your life's answers and create a legacy keepsake book. The book becomes something you and future generations can treasure forever. I gave both my mother and my mother-in-law my life in a book, and they've already started responding to the prompts When my mother-in-law received her first prompt, she said, oh my goodness, what a thoughtful gift. And that's what we all want, right? We all want to give thoughtful gifts. So check out mylifeinabook.com and use code SUSTAINABLE at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day, mylifeinabook.com, and use code SUSTAINABLE for 10% off today. If you've been paying attention, you've likely heard something about gut health and why zoning in on your gut health is so darn important. Coast of Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers. So next time you're at your local retailer, look for Coast of Maine products. Get growing. Visit coastofmaine.com to find a local retailer near you. Coastofmaine.com. And we're back. We are discussing grind culture, what it is, why we subscribe, and who really benefits. Spoiler alert, it's not us. It's capitalism. We are now on to the action steps. So I have six of them for you. We're going to do three. We're going to take another break. We're going to do the final three. These are rooted in science, and they're fluffed up a little bit by my own experience the past year of trying to unsubscribe to grind culture. So the first action step I have for you is to practice rise and shine over rise and grind. (laughs) I love that. Rise and shine over rise and grind. That needs to be on a t-shirt. What does this mean? It means to give yourself time in the morning to slowly acclimate to being conscious, to being awake. Maybe you don't run down the stairs and fold the laundry or empty the dishwasher Maybe you don't turn your phone on the second your eyes pop open. Maybe you give yourself time to stretch, make your coffee, relax in the morning so that you slowly acclimate, you slowly awaken to the day. I think about a race car, right? If you were a fancy, I don't even know what a race car is. Let's just say a Maserati. If you were a Maserati, would you immediately turn the engine on and gun it? Would you immediately go to 120 miles per hour? No, you'd warm the car up. If you were a runner and you're about to run a really big race, would you immediately just go? No, you would warm up first. If you just went, you will pull a hamstring. So slowly acclimate to the day and see how that works for you. Remember, you can still have a strong work ethic and still slowly acclimate to the day. You can also have a strong work ethic and still take rests during your day. And so that brings me to tip number two, which is to try your darndest to not make urgent things urgent. We've talked about this before on the show, and we talked about it recently. It was what I was trying to say in episode number 308 about prioritizing your priorities. Not every item on your to-do list is created equal. Some items don't have to get done today or tomorrow, or ever. We talk a lot in minimalist spheres about how step one to buying less is to distinguish between needs and wants. For the purposes of this conversation, I suggest you start ruminating over action items that are indeed urgent versus ones that can wait a while or can wait forever to get done. So if you want more on this action step, go listen to episode 308. Link to it in the show notes. Tip number three is to shift your thinking. Every time something new comes up, a promotion, an invitation, a networking meeting, a volunteer opportunity. If your mind is like most minds, your mind immediately goes to all the reasons why you should accept the invitation, why you should say yes, how you will benefit by saying yes or how somebody else will benefit, especially if you're a people pleaser, uh, how somebody will benefit, maybe you, maybe somebody else from your yes. instead of so so ne- first of all, next time you get an invitation, see if your mind does that. I'm willing to bet it will. All the reasons why you should say yes. So notice those thoughts coming in, be the observer, and then flip the script. Ask yourself instead of, oh, all the reasons why I should say yes, ask yourself, what would I be giving up if I said yes? Now, obviously, the bigger the thing, the bigger the Losses, perhaps, right? Perhaps relationships lost. Perhaps bridges burnt. Perhaps soccer game missed. Perhaps lost time. The opportunities are endless. What am I giving up by saying yes to this thing? When you look back on your life, you're not going to think about all the cool stuff you owned You're not going to wish you owned a fancier cell phone or a fancier car. You're not going to wish you had a more important job. You're not going to wish you had more emails to answer because you're so fancy and important. You are going to look back on the moments you spent with the people you love, and you are going to wish that you had more Of those moments to enjoy. You know it's true. You're going to wish you had more time with your family and your friends. You're going to wish you had more moments with them. So ask yourself next time something pops up, ask yourself, what am I giving up? We're going to take another quick break and then we're going to come back with tips four, five, and six. And we are back again. We're on to action steps for you and for me as we seek to slowly unsubscribe from grind culture. Tip one was to practice rise and shine over rise and grind. Tip two was to work on not making non-urgent things urgent. That was a double negative. Hope you understand what I'm trying to say there. And action step number three was to ask yourself, what are you giving up when you say yes to X, Y, or Z? We're on to tip four, which is, so it it works off of tip three. (laughs) Practice deliberately letting opportunities go. Start really small. Start letting go of just one thing a day shift your thinking from I have to do this to I choose to say no to this. Another way for me to say what I'm trying to say here is to let go of the to-do list items that you have that are shoulds. Research finds that if you have too many shoulds, you will likely become perfectionistic, overwhelmed, and you will avoid doing anything. So too many shoulds, Never a good idea. So I want you to start small. I want you to choose one should item that you can let go of every single day. And when you let go of something, you're going to have a little bit of extra free time. It might not be much, but that brings me to tip number five. With your newfound free time, you are going to rest. You're not going to, so let's say you just freed up 10 minutes in your schedule. You're not going to fold laundry. You're not going to pick up after your children who just threw their backpacks on the ground and then ran out the door to go play with their friends. Nope. You are going to take that 10 minutes or 5 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever it is, and you are going to actually rest. Many of us don't even know how to rest, but you just created time in your schedule So there's no excuse. You now have the time to practice, right? Usually we think about rest as a means to an end. We think about resting as a means to give us the energy so that we can later power through and work harder. That's where the term power nap comes in, right? We're going to rest, but only so we get the power to later power through the rest of our obligations. Nope, nope, nope. We are going to rest For rest's sake. This is Trisha Hershey again. When we rest, we tap into our imagination. We tap into our inner voice. We let ourselves dream. So take the free time that you just created in your schedule, even if it's only five minutes, and rest for rest's sake. That brings me to my sixth and final tip for you. If you have 5, 10, 15, goodness, maybe even 20 minutes now on your day, perhaps in that time, you meditate. You know I was going to say it. (laughs) If you're not meditating yet, what on earth are you waiting for? Meditation sounds like a really big and scary word, but my hope today with my little spiel on meditation, my hope today is to show you that it's not scary at all. There are 1,440 minutes in a day. If you take five of those minutes for yourself to meditate, to still your busy mind and center yourself... Science shows your respiratory rates will slow down, your muscles will loosen, your thinking will be calmer and clearer, you will be better able to make decisions and act in ways that are reflective and balanced, you will have better sleep, you will have increased immunity, you will have lower blood pressure, you will have improved digestion, you will have an overall better sense of well-being. Oh my goodness. Look at all the benefits to just taking five to 10 minutes to yourself every single day. Now, again, I mentioned earlier, meditation sounds really scary, really hoo-ha, really pie in the sky. That's how I used to think about it. Because remember, I never rested. I started meditating about four years ago. I did 10 minutes a day, not every day, if I'm being honest. But for three and a half of those four years, I found myself wondering, every single day, what all the darn fuss was about. I did not see some marked change in my happiness or in my actions. I did not feel more centered. I did not have a better sense of well-being. I thought it was all a big hoax, (laughs) to be completely truthful. But I stuck with my meditation habit, mainly because I liked having 10 minutes to myself every single day. It was just 10 minutes to myself, I did feel as though having 10 minutes to myself was better than not having 10 minutes to myself. So three and a half out of four years, I felt like that. Something has changed in the last half of a year in my internal state. I am calmer in general. So throughout the day, I'm calmer. I stay calmer in stressful situations. I am able now to realize that my thoughts and my feelings aren't me, if that makes any sense to anybody. (laughs) And so when I heard someone say that meditation is like planting seeds, some seeds will sprout in years, some will sprout never, that makes complete sense to me. I had to stick with meditating for four entire years before I started to think, oh yeah, maybe some of those seeds that I planted four years are actually sprouting. Maybe this is what it's cracked up to be. So my point here with all of that is just to say, when it comes to meditation, I suggest you play the long game. Play the real long game, if you will. Some of those seeds that you plant in your meditation that you're gonna do today, I know you're gonna do it. Some seeds that you plant today are going to sprout for you in four years. I guarantee it. So I do have a final word for you today, and it is this. Many of us, not all of us, perhaps not any of you, since again, you're eco-minimalists, but many of us tend to live from the outside in. What does that mean? That means that we take the messaging that we are receiving on the outside, so cultural messaging, it's outside our bodies And we internalize those messages. We come to believe they're true. We come to assume they're true without ever questioning their validity. The final word today is it is time for us to start living inside out. So that means that we need to first listen to our inner compass. And then, and only then, once we've listened to our inner selves, then we interact with the external world accordingly one final quote from Trisha Hershey that i am absolutely in love with i wish i thought of it cuz it's just so good trisha says you can be in the world but not of it you can be in the world but not of it i so hope this episode gave you something to think about i absolutely love doing these individual episode's just me. I absolutely love sitting in a closet in my basement, talking into a microphone. (laughs) I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. Of course, if you like the show, please rate it. Thank you so much. If you're receiving benefit from the content, please tell somebody. Today's episode is the perfect episode to share with someone in your life who works too hard and too much. So do me a big favor share this episode with somebody in your life who works too hard and too much let me know how that works out i need to know i will see you on tuesday don't know what we're talking about yet but it's going to be something have an amazing weekend take time to rest and take care without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants